This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed. And that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. When I was young and just a boy, I asked my mother, what will it be? Will it be Arsenal? Will it be Spurs? Here's what she says to me. Welcome, this is another That Millwall podcast. Today, obviously, is following our defeat at the weekend to Derby. And tonight, you've got myself and you've got... Omar, how are we doing, guys? <laughs> yeah, hanging I, there, I, I, just that. I, just, I just thought <laughs> I'd leave you hanging there. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's fairly straightforward. What we're going to do is we're going to go straight in and we're going to listen to the boss, um, Millwall manager, Gary Rowlett, um, give us... His views of uh, Saturday's defeat, and then um, maybe if we've got a couple, we can pause it in between and maybe raise a couple of points and uh, and see where we go from there. So uh, here we go. Dave, what did you make of it out there? That's frustrating. Um, I think I always felt as though it would be a very difficult game, just with no atmosphere and no fans there, and um, it's hard to. It's, it's football, but it's not really football, is it? Um, and that, that was a difficulty. I think it's you know the, the, the times in a game where you need your fans to help you. We didn't have that, and I think we found that hard at times. So I thought we started okay. I think you always knew Derby were going to, particularly with no atmosphere, going to create a little bit more on the ball, 
uh, and they'd have more possession because they do it really well and they've been you know probably one of the form sides before the season um, ended prematurely um, and they're very very good at doing it you know Rooney bowls out into those fullback positions if you don't press it properly they've got lots of movement off the front and, and they make it difficult for you but I felt as though when we when we intercepted them when we were a little bit more aggressive um, we scored a very very good goal um, for doing that and and looked quite dangerous particularly when we pressed um, a little bit higher from from the goalkeeper so so it was a strange game and then we conceded you know I think um, that whilst it's great for Sibley he's got a hat trick um, I thought first and foremost I thought he was very very lucky to be on the pitch because he should have been booked early on and then got booked late on but um, but he took his goals well but I, f- I just felt as though he got into those areas far too easily um, and that was my disappointment we looked we looked as though around the edge of the box we just struggled to move our feet and we just struggled to get close and deal with quick play and I think that was probably a disappointment today that we've actually conceded, in my opinion, three really, really poor and soft goals, and that's very unlike us. I have to agree with him there, though. Um, the atmosphere must be so hard. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, I think we kind of knew it. Surely you kind of think they'd go into it knowing to expect it. But, yeah, it, it was tough. I think watching on Saturday was a bit... It was a bit like a pre-season friendly, and I think he said that, and he's right in a sense. Like, there's no real tempo to it, and... It's interesting they picked up about Rooney, who I thought on Saturday was actually quite good for Derby, but he highlights the threat of him, but then he says why we didn't close him down, like as in surely that must have been something they must have spoke about pre-game, but for whatever reason, on Saturday that didn't happen, and I think he was left to do all the passing, and he had the most passes on the field for Derby on Saturday, so I mean, I don't know, interesting to see what he thought. He was, um, I, 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 I think Rooney was controlling the game really. He was he was getting those balls, flicking them on, and and then setting up all the moves. Um, Smith's header, I think, was a great header. Fantastic, fantastic header. Trouble was, we just seemed to go flat straight afterwards. Um, yeah, we didn't do that enough. Though I think you you pick up on Smith. I think that's the only time I can remember in the game where we had a good little ball in the box for him to get on the end of it, and he really delivered with it. I don't think there was any other times where I thought. Um, Smith had a chance or well, he obviously done a little nutmeg on Rooney I'm sure we can have a little laugh about that the, the cheeky nutmeg on him to then play it through to Leonard who then had a chance to score but yeah I think it's interesting that he put, picks up on all that and I think he, he was quite loyal to the team like, obviously Bennett didn't play but he he probably would have been the only, he was the only change with Leonard coming in for Bennett obviously because mm-hmm. he was eligible to play on Saturday and he kind of stuck loyal to the team that went up, to, uh, went up to Forest and won 3-0 so I think, in a sense, you can tell they're a bit, he was a bit annoyed with the performance as well. And I think he kind of didn't know what to expect himself a little bit with the whole crowd situation. So, I mean, it's a learning curve, but eight games still to go. So, room to be optimistic, though, I hope. I, I, I agree. I think that if there were fans there, I don't think Rooney would have done what he'd done. I think Rooney would have been absolutely ruined. People would have been on him. And I think it would have changed the whole tempo of the game. I mean, I'm hearing that, you know, Derby players even, even sat there and said, you know, coming here when you've got a full den. Um, or even you know a good crowd in the den, mm-hmm. it, you know when you had the power when you you were you were pressing you would have kept hold of that ball we wouldn't have lost it you yeah. know you wouldn't have lost it and we wouldn't have been able to get it um, and again that foul you know as he says the young lad he should have really you know he should have really got a decent decent card at the beginning um, and potentially not been on the pitch yeah even um, to pick up on the eighteen year old I mean he scored a hat trick for them and. Would an 18-year-old turn up at Dan and score a hat-trick if it was a intimidating crowd going on? Would he have put in the same performance that he did, you know, skipping around the players? Who knows? He might have done. But I think the crowd impacts, maybe being a young kid, turn up to the Den. We've had it before where players didn't want to take throw-ins on the sideline and stuff like that because, you know, never experienced it before. It could have been a different affair completely. But, yeah, it's one of those things, unfortunately. 
the three goals were very easy goals, though. Yeah, I mean, they were, I wouldn't say they were superstar goals. They, yeah. were, they were good goals, but they were just yeah. easy. Took goals. All, all three finishes were superb. And I mean, it's not going to be the last that we hear of him, obviously, because score a hat trick 18 years old. I think he only just broke into the team before the lockdown, Mickey. So, mm-hmm. like, for him to come out and do that, he's obviously going to grab some headlines. And I mean, deservedly so. But even how you said it there, they were easy goals to give away. I think the mm-hmm. first one in particular, like, he just skipped through the defence like they weren't there. So, Maybe it's a talking point where we didn't have Alex Pierce available and we could have done maybe the old five at the back. I know, obviously, at home, people say it's a bit negative, but if you think about times where we've done well, where teams keep the ball, especially like how Derby did Saturday, we kind of just look forward to sitting back. Yeah. And obviously, without maybe Pierce in the side to have three defenders and kind of sit back in the centre, maybe we wouldn't have been as open, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a learning. Let's, um, let's see what else he's got to say then. Did you see what you, you expected to see, maybe in terms of the tempo of the game, composure of, of both sets of players? Um, I think I saw what I expected, which was a really difficult game to be part of and watch because it just feels flat. It's, it's really hard to watch it. It's, it's like a sort of pre-season friendly with three points on it. Um, but nevertheless, I said to the players before the games, listen, we don't play to get the applause. It's great that we do, but we don't play to get the applause off our fans. We play to get three points and win the game. And I just felt as though we got lulled into that passive game, really. And I think that suited Derby's technical players a lot more than it suited us so so disappointed um, you know I'd expect as well when we make changes that the, the players coming on have more of, of an effect on the game it kind of went flat um, you know and, and and so that was a disappointment but I think what we've got to do is it's a nine game mini tournament I always felt that tournament in some way starts next week because that's when the games come in quick succession um, so now we've got eight games and we've got to learn very quickly but I spoke to the players if we play like that again with that type of passive off the ball nature then it's going to be a tough eight games for us. I think he's. I think those um, water breaks didn't do us any any favours. I don't know why they brought water breaks in. I think they're not used to running around in the summer, and you know they're not used to playing. And, and I agree with you, mate. It's silly, but the reason for it is because obviously we don't know we have football in June. But well, they're professional like, football players. Yeah, professional do you know what I mean? They train in the sun. They run mm-hmm. around in the sun. There's no harm in leaving bottles on the side if when there's a break in play, they can have a quick swig or do what they do in a normal game. Definitely. But to have like a five, ten minute break where games are now going on, you know, 100 minutes plus or whatever it is with it, just Mm -hmm. seems another excuse from people who probably don't play football. Um, I understand the health and safety risk and I understand all of that, but I just don't get it. I I, I don't see why you need to get it. I know they need fluid, but it just... The pace picked up, and as soon as that happened, it was dead. It's like it's like the Americans' version of timeout. Yeah. They do it the timeout purely yeah. to cause a problem for the opposition. Yeah, definitely. It broke the game up because I think both like Sibley's first two goals, I think the first one was 26th minute, play, and the second one was 71st minute, and mm-hmm. both of them were just three or four minutes after the water break, and we definitely were on the wrong side of it. Maybe it might spin and be in our favour in the next few games, but I think... What was interesting, what he said there also was the comment about substitutions. Now, I know Hutchinson picked up a knock in the second half and maybe he was waiting a little while to see if he was going to recover from it or not. But he only chucked on Bradshaw and Budvarsson in the 75th minute. And yep. kind of, if, 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 he's, if he's saying the players didn't come and make a change, I feel like he didn't give them enough time to maybe impact the game, you could say. Yep. And it was kind of a little bit of, you know, if he's saying, why didn't they make an impact? Well, it was quite late in the game for them to come in and do that, especially when we're 2-1 down and chasing the game. So... I don't know. It was it was disappointing overall Saturday. I mean, 
to score two at home, you don't expect to concede three in return as well. But you can tell when he's voice how disappointed he is in the players, I think. Yeah, and I think that if you were playing with a crowd and you suddenly bring players on, their adrenaline levels must shoot through the roof instantly when they think, right, we've got to go get this, boys, let's go. Um, and, it, and it seemed as if if you had an extra 10 minutes, we could have probably scored another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, it, and it just, I don't know. I mean, Hutch, I think, it looked, um, it looked on the footage that he might have popped his knee. Yeah, I saw um, that, yeah. Because <laughs> his knee looked rather at an angle on one side, looked as if he popped his cap or something, but they put it back and it didn't seem as if it was bothering him. So I'd have mm. probably said that it wasn't a kneecap, but it was it was definitely I mean, all the games this weekend though. I mean, look at you know, look at the Everton and Liverpool game. I mean, that's normally a vile game. They they you know, two sets of fans mm. will fucking hate each other, two teams will hate each other. And it was played like it was just a pre-season friendly. It was there yeah. was nothing to it. The players Very didn't even have anything to it. No, exactly. And I think um, if you look on actually like the twelve games from this weekend in the championship, it, it is interesting to look at. But only two away teams didn't pick up any points. And I think it was Leeds who lost obviously to Cardiff, which obviously well done, Neil. Yeah, well done, Neil Harris. <laughs> but like it was it was a weekend where the away team always in majority games seemed to come out on top or you know get a good result. So I mean. I think if you have played that game with crowd, we've saying about it a few times now, but you'd never get a Mill team sitting back as deep as we did at home. I mean, it was definitely a case of just they kind of the players were affected by the fact that there was no crowd there to encourage them, which is you wouldn't really think it makes a difference in the play sometimes, but obviously it's there clear as day really, and it's something that's got to be addressed quickly for the next game at Barnsley on Saturday. I think there's rules on that as well. I think the FA don't or the EFL don't necessarily want crowd noise pumped into the stadium, mm. um, which. If that happens, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think, you know, each home club should have the right to be able to play. Well, um, and my choice to there would be either, you know, the Huddersfield game or maybe the Leeds game um, with um, Jimmy mm-hmm. um, scoring or maybe the Wigan game. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, I think it was a Wigan game, wasn't it? Where, you know, a couple of decent games. I don't know, maybe we put it out. in If you could play the sound from what game, what game would it be? Maybe we'd do that later on. But... Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting, the eight games, to see where they go because, you know, it, it's going to be down to how much the manager can rattle the team and, and, and rally the team. And Neil, unfortunately, Neil is, is really good at, at rallying people for an occasion. Yeah, um, so I could see Cardiff doing really well. Um, and, you know, fair play to him. But, but at the end of the day, I don't mind taking my hat off to him when he beats... Leads because it's you know it's a win-win but yeah this is what else he's going to say then we did have plenty of chances in the game to, to win it though didn't you we had a lot of chances uh, I think we've had four 1v1s um, it's not very often you get that in the game so um, I can remember Lenny having a 1v1 I can remember Smudge having that chance as well um, and we've had some good opportunities and I think that's it when you look back we know Derby have had more possession we know Derby probably um, had a lot more control but when we did get into forward areas, we actually caused them some problems. So, you know, you have to be clinical. They had three very, very good chances and they scored all three very good chances. And, and, and sometimes that's going to be the difference in these games. So, so there's, there's lots of areas that I felt were OK. There's also lots of areas I felt were, were poor today and not really like us. And, and um, you know, that, that's always been my concern with these games is we're the type of team that thrive on tempo. We thrive on the passion of the game. Um, and we've got to learn very quickly that it's not there. So we've got to find a way to create it ourselves. 
going to do that? Good question. Uh, I agree. Like, how can you get players up for a game when there's no crowds in the background? I think you just got to kind of remind them what's at stake here and the incentive. Like, we're quite lucky on the weekend that I think the teams in and around us, like from Cardiff, everyone dropped points, and it is still there. Like, the incentive is is that half this squad, if we keep the majority of them, could be playing in the Premier League next season. And I think how many of them will need another chance to be in this position? I think that's kind of what the message has got to be, really. I know, obviously. You're not going to get the crowds gene you on. You're not going to have the atmosphere kind of building as pre-match comes along as normally it does when it's a full game at the den or a sell-out crowd. But I think what they've really got to think about is like, you know, we're eight games away potentially or 11 games away from getting the playoffs of getting somewhere really, you know, unbelievable for us. I mean, let's be honest, there's some players in there who probably will never get another chance to play in the Premiership. Exactly, 100%. And... It must be, listen, lads, this is it, all right? This is what your dreams of being a footballer are all about. You're going you're gonna to get a chance to play the likes of Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, all of that. Mm-hmm. I think what the fan base want. You know, think about the fact that you get into the Premiership, the FA don't want us there, but you can go do it and do it properly and, and win most of those games on the bounce now and set a record, set... set I mean, Christ... You'll be written into Millwall history. Do you know what I mean? Because getting the okay. Premiership will be like, you know, like the 88 team, like, you know, teams in the past where, you know, okay, the other team of promotion and that, the 2009 team of promotion and all that were good, good results. But to get us into the promised land, mate, could fucking set us up for life. Yeah, that's it. And maybe it's one of those where. And we get to play West Ham again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <maybe>. well. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got. You got to. It's. it's it's got to be, I think, the only incentive they need, really. I think if you look at the team, I mean, we're normally a side that maybe does well when our back's against the wall, maybe. And if we was in a relegation battle, maybe it would be a different story on Saturday, if that fear of it. Instead of now we're trying to achieve something that maybe wasn't expected of us, but now we're here, you've got to kind of think, well, here's the challenge for you guys, you know, kind of go for it. But maybe we're missing, uh, I don't know, a Paul Robinson in the changing room to keep the players on their toes. Or, I don't know, obviously Pierce didn't play Saturday and wasn't involved. Maybe the, the character is by the sounds of it from what the players say. But then you look at, obviously, you've got Wallace out there, who, I mean, to be honest with you, Jed was quite quiet on Saturday. And I think he probably admitted it himself. I think it'll be interesting. Hopefully, we get it right on Saturday, really. That's it, innit? Let's, um, let's listen to the last minute or so and then... Um... And then we come back to it straight afterwards. I was going to say that are you are you really just relying on the players now to adapt very very quickly to the different circumstances and surroundings? Well, we have to. I think both managers will have learned, and every manager up and down the country uh, in the Championship and the Premier League will have learned an awful lot from the opening weekend. Every game I've seen so far, bar one or two, has felt a little bit slow and and, and hard to watch. And and um, but we're here to win games. We're here to try and achieve something. We've worked incredibly hard up to this point um, to. Uh, um, to let these type of games fizzle out a little bit. So, so yeah, I think we've, we've got to learn quickly um, and we've got to take everything from today and make sure we try and put it into next week and, and be a lot better than that. So, <laughs> that's pretty much it with him, isn't it? I mean, he, 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 um, he, weren't, he weren't impressed with it all, was he? I mean, he, oh. seemed, um, he seemed a bit fucking pissed with it all, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's it, really. I think, I think he knows as well. Like, you know, we we scored two goals on Saturday and we conceded three. And uh, for us, especially under route, it's not been a performance yet where we've conceded a bucket load of goals in games. And 
the question has got to be asked of the players in a, in a sense. Like, they knew it was coming. I mean, now the first game's out of the way. Hopefully, we do retaliate to it. Um, but again, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really can't get my head over it a little bit as well. Like, the idea we sat deep, we didn't, we let Derby play. I understand, obviously, we're quite good on the counter-attack. But even then, didn't really offer a lot, aside from a couple of goals we saw on Saturday. No, that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think we were, I did think we let Derby control the ground at the den. Um, and I think there was simple book, simple, you know, place. I mean, you look, you're just looking at the Derby website there and you see that it says that Sibley cements second place in Derby record books. Um, I don't know if it shows their goals or not. I was thinking that we'd have a listen to the Derby manager, but to be fair, I don't know if I could be fucking asked of it. No. <laughs> um, to be fair, do you know what I mean? Um, I think they were just more up for it today, Mickey. I think um, it came down to, you know, it was only a, it was one game, first game back. And I think when you look on the face of it, they just looked a bit more up for it on the day. And it's unfortunate, but that's how it went for us, wasn't it? I think, you know, if you look at it, I, I, I was reading an article earlier, I, I think it's from this guy called Mill Analysis on Twitter. I'll give him a little plug because he's giving me the stats right now. But it, I think Rooney have more passes combined uh, as compared to Woods and Malumbi combined, obviously, in both of them in midfield for us. Just Rooney yeah. should dominate the game. But then, as I said earlier, Rowett said he saw that, but we didn't do anything to stop it. So that's the unfortunate thing about it, really. And we never really got going as we normally would do. No, that's it. I mean, I... You know, we, we put out... Um, on Saturday, you know, people's views of the game. Um, and it was quite mixed, if I'm honest. It, it was it was very, very mixed um, on what people's views were. I just think that it wasn't... I just don't think it was our game. I think we just weren't, you know... I mean, Matt Smith's nutmeg of Rooney was wasted... I think that if there was a full crowd there, that would have that would have been, you know, fantastic. You know, after after Saturday's result, we put out, you know, is it time to end the season now? And um and eighty eighty percent, just over eighty percent said yes, end it now. We wear our hearts on our sleeves now, don't we, mate? You and my neighbours all... hoovering their fucking lawn. I can hear a little bit of background noise. with me. <laughs> but no, I mean, we ask for people what their what their reports are. I mean, Robbie five five five. Um, I'd like to know our team with a real shout of getting in the playoffs was so fucking lackluster, and how we let them dominate and dictate play, and then stood off them was puzzling. Um, where was the urgency? I think he's got a point. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we should be a little bit realistic about it. I know both teams had the same circumstances, but the break we had three months. I mean. That's longer than it would be over the close season. So from obviously from the end of May to the start of August is normally what the break is. But that's longer than what it normally would be. So the sharpness isn't there. But then again, Derby had the exact same situation and just seemed quite a bit better. I mean, Merv Payne, friend of the show, Merv Payne. Um, I can't understand playing at home with one striker. I get that they're not fully match fit and home advantage is lessened. But we've got well and truly schooled by a kid on his second appearance. I'm sure we improved, but based on that defensive display, it's lucky that we're not near the bottom. Mm. No, I mean, Merv's quite, I think that's, that is quite true to be honest with you because like, if, you if you think about it though, the issue is the one striker up front was Smith and bless Smith, right? He's He's got his perks of being a six foot seven striker and winning balls in the box for us but he's not going to be someone that presses the game, closes players down. He's not 
we quit to get around and chase people down basically and I think we do miss out especially when we have just him up front on his own yeah. especially when you've got Leonard next to him who obviously hadn't played for a while as well but I, I weren't convinced about Leonard coming back into the team on Saturday either but he got his opportunity and obviously for me didn't impress really yeah I totally agree um, I mean there's some there's some more on it. I mean another one there I've put it up from I've put it up on share by the way so you can read some of yeah. you've got there but I mean that one there Harry Guns um, off to air again only the first game but it's clear where we were and generally missing any form of pace in our squad gaps between midfield and attack were too wide I appreciate their Harry's style Harris's style of players um, but we need more pace in all areas again correct yeah it's true I think that's it like, I think I'll back to my point of playing Smith up front if you had Bradshaw up front someone a bit more mobile someone that will get around the pitch and obviously close players down it, Potentially could have been a different game with hindsight. I mean, he's referred to obviously Rooney getting on the ball, but he didn't have anyone up there to stop him. And I think Leonard was obviously there to do the running for Smith in that scenario. But yeah, I think that's it. You, we have no real pace or no real out there. We've got obviously Wallace and Romeo on the right, who just seems to be key for us. And unfortunately, I think if Wallace in his case had an off day Saturday, we kind of missed out from his threat. I mean, uh, where is it? Berry Bunny. Um... He's put, you know, yet we still managed to score twice and only lost to a 90-minute winner. Um, and we probably won't meet a better side in the league until next season. How yeah. true do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think, as Wright said in the interview as well, I think Derby had a couple of good results before lockdown. Obviously, brought Rooney in in January. Bit of experience in the middle. Someone that's been there, done it in all sorts of levels, all sorts of games. Um, it could be a point there. They had a lot of energy, didn't they? I think that's it. Like, you know, Sidley, 18 years old, running around like headless chicken, popping into positions where no one got close to him. Um, same with a couple of wide players. I've got Lawrence in particular, who's a multi-million pound uh, attacking midfielder. I think, yeah, maybe that's the case. But I think it really is like, yeah, it was poor overall though. And to see three goals at home, you know, we shouldn't really be doing that, I don't think. I mean, Matt Webb, ELC on Twitter, said bad choice of team selection. Um, Cooper at fault for two goals, zero pace up top. That's think Cooper's at blame for that? Uh I think he's he's not necessarily the most mobile defender anyway, so he is up to to blame, especially for the first goal. Because I mean, Sibley skipped past him like he wasn't there, so you could say that. But I think I don't know. It's hard to criticise one player in particular when in reality a lot of players weren't at the races. I don't think. No, I mean I agree. I mean, there's a poor starting lineup, missing a few players as well to fill spots. Uh, that's from Charlie Birch, MFC. Um, Tell Nadden, uh, poor starting lineup. There you go, Jack Sully, 1992. Ferguson, not a championship player. Leonard, anonymous. We're desperate for pace in this team, and the defending was schoolboy. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think a lot of people had a similar sort of theme, and I know she said that underneath as well from uh, JP Zamo. He said Cooper all over the place, and yeah, I think players just obviously, especially players like Cooper, you could argue, you know, Cooper plays week in week out every game for us, and. He's not played for, what, three months now. And it, it would just bring rustiness. And unfortunately, I think in this case, is it a bit biased to just put it down to that and say, obviously, Derby were the better team and kind of got on a bit quicker? I think that's a fair assessment. I think until we can judge it against other teams that are coming up, Barnsley, obviously, who are lower down the division, I think it's unfair to write off the season and criticise everyone. But I think it is just, I personally put it down to Derby just seems to be at the races quicker than us after the break. I mean... Um... Chris ODAPZ on Twitter, pony. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, Ian, Ian Chappell, 
um, on Twitter again. Sean Williams to start next week. Jed Wallace looked particularly rusty. When he's not on form, he tends to struggle, which is true. Yeah. Um, overall, look worrying short of match fitness compared to Derby. Positives, Matt Smith caused problems. Uh, and Jason Mumbai... Um, huh? Malumbi. Malumbi, yeah. Okay, Jason Malumbi. There we go. There we go. Jason Malumbi. We just yeah. edit the other bits He's out. always a no-nonsense kind of midfielder anyway. I think yeah. he, he'll he'll turn up no matter the occasion and try and put a shift in. And maybe someone like Thompson played on Saturday instead of Leonard, would it have been a different occasion? And maybe that's a question worth asking him if he was fit. Uh, Glengo won. The fullbacks did okay, but Cooper and Hutch seemed out of sorts. Again, I think, um, who is it that always said it? I think Paul Robinson normally said it when he used to be out the side or he used to be easy way into the season. I remember him saying in interviews all the time, especially in his pub, he always used to say, I need to run a game to get going. And I think for a central defender in particular, I think that's something that's quite key as well. Like, they're not a chance to get a run of games, kind of, you know, just get their bearings in a weird way. And I think even though they've had training, I think there's nothing like match experience. And I think hopefully with a run of games, they'll get better and better. Mm. No, I agree. That last one we won't bother talking about. But yeah, um, I mean, there, yeah, I mean, Godsey, 1885. Why such a massive lack of effort? I can accept losing, but not in that manner. We didn't look bothered at any stage. Jed was under par. And when he doesn't play well, we always struggle. Uh, but it was like watching a Harris team all over again. I think that was a bit. We just missed the energy. But... We, missed, we, we missed the. I think. The crowd obviously played a part if we had a crowd backing them, obviously. But again, every team is going to have to deal with it. And I think hopefully it's a wake up call. And hopefully we get, we normally do get retaliation with these players. And hopefully we get a big retaliation on Saturday when we go to Barnsley. Absolutely. I think, you know, we need to come back against Barnsley. And I think we need to play completely different. Mm -hmm. um, and if we do that, then we're laughing. But I mean, yeah, I'm just seeing what's, I'm just looking through and seeing if there is. Anyone else's to learn? Uh, no, not really. I can't be asked of it with others. But I mean, I think going forward, we'll use, I think what we do go forward, we'll end up putting um, questions out. And then when we record the show after the match, we'll pick those questions, what we've put, and we'll and we promote people's answers. You know, we'll we're, we're speak about people's answers. Um, we want the show to be as inactive, you know, as active as we can, um, or in that interactive as we can. Um, and apart from getting people on the show, if you're interested in coming on the show, then do just DM us, um, let us know and say, yeah, you've got an opinion, you want to come on the show. We're looking to record these uh, within a day or two of the games. Today is Monday, um, and hopefully this show will be going out uh, as much unedited as possible very, very soon. We've got another show coming out this week, which was recorded last week about the Lynch family, which is just being edited now. And before we uh, we leave, me and Omar feel like little kids going to a sweet shop in uh, in two days' time. Um, Indeed, we've managed to pull off pretty much unbelievable. Really, we're doing a family special mm -hmm. uh, on Michael Calvin's book, The Family, which was obviously where he spent a whole year no war behind the scenes, and we got the governors on. We've got you know we've got a few of the governors on. Uh, we've got Michael Calvin himself. And we're just going to go through the book. We, I think we're going to look at how the season went. Um, what was it like playing in that season? I mean, Hopefully some insight into the dressing room and maybe yeah, a bit more definitely. that. Maybe I'd like the question. Calvin couldn't touch on his book. Maybe we might be able to get a bit more out of them instead on what they think. Yeah. 
yeah, I'd like to get some more in there. So again, you know, if you're listening to this, we're going to be recording it Wednesday night. If you listen to this, um, which you should be able to before Wednesday, then please do um, at us if you've got any questions. We're going to post it up with uh, a family, Mill family um, hashtag, uh, Mill family pod hashtag. Um, and if you've got questions, then please put them in. Um, I'd like to know about the the training, the um, dressing room speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to know what it was like playing with some of those games, the atmospheres. Um, and also what it's like being a football player when you know that it could be your last season or you know that the manager might not necessarily think highly of you. And that's, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. there, there's loads where we're doing, but look, um, I suppose that's pretty much it for us. Yeah. Um, for now, we're, uh, we're going to be back next week. Well, same place probably. Um, we'll probably look to do a recording either the Saturday or the Sunday so that we can get it out on the Monday, hopefully, going forward. And, well, it was a shit result, really. Um, can't really powder coat it. We played like cunts and we deserved what we got, really. Yeah, unfortunately, really. I think, um, I think the only thing to come bounce back by, though, is we've got Barnsley on Saturday and hopefully we'll be up there and put in performance that we can all be happy about. We've got Kai and Swansea on the Tuesday afterwards as well, so it's coming thick and fast. And if anything, hopefully we get a bit of momentum going and we can keep going on and see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, I did like, before we go, I do like the touch, what Mill did um, yeah. for the NHS. Um, a lot of the banners around with all for thanks to the NHS. I think I'm right in saying that unfortunately five Millwall fans lost their life over Corona. Um, and it was a way that the club could say thank you to the NHS um, for everything they did for our fans. Um, I think those shirts were something like 355 shirts they used to do the NHS, which is great. I know they've got something special lined up for our Swansea game, um, which is obviously the next game at home. Yeah, I, I, I think we've just got to look at these on a game-by-game basis. So, you know, we're, we'll be doing these shows as we go through them um, and just really trying to see how we can get more involved, really, and, and see how we can get more discussion around it. But look, you know, if you've got any ideas for this, let us know. Omar, final thoughts then, fella? Yeah, I mean, obviously disappointing Saturday, but again, still only eight games to go. We're still only three points behind Preston and sixth, and it's still very much to play for. And hopefully we'll uh, keep uh, you guys up to date on what we think, and hopefully we get closer to what could be um, a good end to the season. So, yeah, like I said, thanks for having me on, Mickey, and yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Well, I'll be fucked if I didn't have you on here. It's mine and your show. So, yeah, look, <laughs> thanks very much for listening. That's it, 90 minutes, time out, no extra time. We're fucking off to the pub. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. Deliberately, we're looking at this violence through the eyes of some of the people who cause it. And that has involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sergeant and Mr. Smith, you're going to love this house. Bunk beds in a closet? 
There's no field manual for finding the right home. But when you do, USAA Homeowners Insurance can help protect it the right way. Restrictions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.